Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight getting my, uh, well, it's not my first sip of coffee. I've been, uh, I, I think I got a cup left. The uh, the pot is gone. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know about you, but especially on a Monday, I, um, I, I find that I, I'm anxious to get on the air and talk about all the things that happened over the weekend. So I actually get up earlier on, on Monday and do a little yeah, show like prep it. and... I'm really into it. You know, I have a lot to say. Yeah, you get up at midnight, but you know, it's, it's funny. You, 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 well, you print out a lot of stuff. I just make little footnotes, you know, mm-hmm. two pages, but you know, this, so that I can refer to everything. Right. But there's a lot to impact and a lot not to impact because there's so many distractions. The weekend is. They set up the weekend for what they want us to think about because they want to talk to us and program our minds over the weekend. There are three distractions that have been thrown at us, in my opinion. The main story, Bill, the main story has to be, for our own sake, is what's happening in the Ukraine. That has to be the focus because because our entire world is uh, in, in danger. Our entire environment, our country is in danger. We're on the brink of a nuclear war. Yeah, we are. But unfortunately, it is it is the main thing that it is number one. But I think that they're using it because this war wouldn't be here if Joe Biden had not, you know, won in such a fair election right. uh, uh, well, to, to get into the office. So yes. let's just let's just pretend yeah. that he didn't win it. Would this be an issue? I tend to say no. A year then, ago, this past August, we we uh, left Afghanistan in the most embarrassing way. But we've forgotten yeah. about that. We've forgotten about how we just bailed on Afghanistan and left all that stuff behind. Now they're talking these generals and these politicians about Afghanistan, about the, I'm sorry, the Ukraine, like uh, oh that's. That's a good place to be, and we should be there, and it's, it's an important war to win against the Soviet Union. And I'm thinking, did they just forget that we just left uh, uh, an, an embarrassment in Afghanistan? Uh, it would well, appear that way. we've never been in a war to win it, and I don't know that we're well, in a war with, with we, the Ukraine to win it. I think it's a, it's a safety no, valve. We were in a war to win I, World War II, we were in World War I, too. We were let's say wars. let's say modern lifetime and and uh, uh, you know you got to look at Vietnam. We weren't in that war to win. That it. was that was run by generals in Washington. The the guys in and that was the problem with the Vietnam War. The guys in Washington who were thousands of miles away were deciding what the next moves were going to be. And the guys who were on the front in Vietnam, the guys who knew what was going on, couldn't make the decisions quickly because they were being second-guessed by those clowns in those shiny uniforms, you know? Yeah, and that's been the history now. There's, there, there is a reason that we go to war these days, and it's not really to, uh, to save us, uh, it's, you know, people. It's, it's more political, you mean? It, it's more political. It's more money. It's, it, it, we don't do yeah. anything unless there's money for somebody somewhere, a politician and a company that he's tied to. I got two pieces of audio. One is from uh, the admiral who's the head of NATO. His name is Rob Bauer. And I want you to hear how almost enthusiastic he sounds about going to war with Russia. This is amazing stuff. They're enthusiastic because they feel that the United States is going to be right there with them. They're not going to be alone. They're going to have the United States right behind them or maybe in this case right in front of him. Listen to this. This is Rob Bauer. They have shown us in a document, it was a concept treaty text in December 21. They sent us uh, a text which basically uh, uh, said we had to go back to the, to the pre-1997 situation. Uh, and uh, that's what they're aiming for. That's their strategic objective. But you don't believe that it's only about to... No, it is about turning back to the old Soviet Union. Many nations in NATO thought for decades that we were owning the timelines. We were the ones that decided to go to Afghanistan, to go to Iraq. It was a decision from NATO, from the NATO nations. 
And uh, so we owned the timelines. We were saying, when are we going, with how many troops, for how long, etc. Now, we are facing a threat, which is Russia, that is coming to us, uninvited, at a moment of their choosing. So we have to be much more ready. We have no time to prepare, because it is up to them when or uh, when they come. We are ready to a direct confrontation with Russia. We are. Are we ready for nuclear war? And do you believe in that possibility? I think uh, Vladimir Putin is not insane. Uh, so that's the good news. Uh, he has ideas that are not uh, uh, our ideas, uh, and that, but he's not insane. So he is, uh, he is still uh, a rational person. Um, and I think that is important with regard to the use of nuclear weapons. Well, I think um, it's extremely important that we all continue to agree on the fact that a nuclear war should not be fought and can never be won. Unbelievable. This is one of the heads, Admiral Rob Bauer of NATO. Okay, he's one of the decision makers about the war with Russia. We keep underestimating Russia. Absolutely. And what they're willing to do and not do. Are, the question is, look, everybody loves their family. They love their life. They love their wife. They love their children. They love right. all all their things. They love the, the, the flag that they're under because that's what they were born under. That's what they're sure. used to. Yeah. So, you know, and one thing I can say about Russia is that it's not divided into cultures that we never used to be. Now, there's certain we are a multicultural melting pot, mm -hmm. and we but and we need to accept and acknowledge one another and get along. But we are the United States, the United States, and we need to remember that we're not many Africa, we're not many China, mm -hmm. we're not many this, we're not many that. We're we not the, the United, United States, States of NATO either. We're That's not right. the United States of NATO. And we need to get that through our stupid skulls yeah. and start being American yep. and start protecting what we were all about. It's not about color, but that's been made that way since, you know, the Civil War and before. We've been divided for political purposes and for profit. I don't think this guy, Bauer, is unusual. I think he's probably the norm when it comes to the decision makers and both NATO and in the Pentagon, uh, the mm -hmm. guys with the shiny uni uh, buttons and the clean-pressed uniforms. I'm not talking about the soldiers who are in the field. I think they don't realize, or they're assuming that Russia won't fly the nukes. They think, well, they he's... will absolutely fly, absolute, fly the nukes. Absolutely will fly well, the nukes. You know, look at the old, uh, what was that movie, uh, Dr. Strangelove, yes. you know? Yep, 1964. We the doomsday machine. You know, you get backed into a corner, and you don't have any freaking choice. Right. No choice at all. You know, well, pal, you did this. Yep. Just remember, you did this. Yep. Boom. I agree. That's it. No, so, these guys are uh, pushing the Russian bear into a corner, and there's nothing more dangerous than an animal who's cornered, okay? And now they're talking about, and you heard this, we talked about this on Friday, the mission has changed. It's mission creep. Oh, yeah. Now we're going to take back Crimea. Now, they, the Russians reacquired Crimea in 2014, and that's kind of been their seaport for decades for maybe centuries that was theirs okay now supposedly uh it's become another uh, important mission in this uh, in this conflict to get crimea back to the ukraine you know you start going into crimea and trying to take that back russia is going to consider that an invasion of their homeland and then they're going to start talking about and then does it become just crimea once we get crimea are we going to start mar marching towards uh, moscow are we going to try to well, go? Well, we think that we're all high and mighty, that we can sit there and dismantle Russia. I don't think so. And, you know, I go back to uh, the Gorbachev years and Ronald Reagan and, and bring down that wall. And it, it happened. Gorbachev made a few mistakes and, you know, Russia kind of crumbled a little bit. And, they, 
you had the Ukraine, Crimea, and all of this in, that that took place. But I remember Russian citizens coming over to be a part of America, and then all of a sudden they 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 couldn't handle the freedom that mm-hmm. we have, and they wanted to go home to Mother Russia. Yeah, because. They've lived that way forever. That was the life they knew. And here we are playing God over there. We're no gods. On Saturday, uh, Russia issued an urgent nuclear war warning as the doomsday clock moved closest ever to midnight, prompting the WHO to urge countries to, listen to this, stockpile medicines for nuclear emergencies. This is the World Health Organization. Russia's urgent nuclear war warning uh, comes as the doomsday clock moves closer. It says uh, the doomsday clock was set a minute and a half, 90 seconds before midnight. On Tuesday, January 24th, the closest has ever been to midnight since the clock's inception in 1947. That includes, by the way, Bill, the Cuban Missile Crisis in 1962. Yeah. We're closer to war now than we were in 62. Yeah, what's Cuba, 90 miles or something like that? Yeah, and in 1962, I can remember that weekend, you probably were too young, but in 1962, when everybody was was worried that there would not be a Monday. we mm-hmm. it, it was a weekend, that's how close we were then, and now we're closer, thanks well, to Biden. Mainstream media... And the Biden, administ- the Biden administration does nothing about it. I think he's okay with it. And the mainstream media, they're not telling us about it. No, you've got to go out of the country to hear this stuff. Yes. You know? And that's, and you- that's exactly the problem. That's what I was thinking all weekend long, Bill. We're, 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 being, we're being distracted by so many other news stories intentionally. But I want to, before I get into the distractions, if I could, I have one more cut. It's a little long. It's a little long. Give you a chance to freshen your coffee if you want. It's uh, Lieutenant General retired Mike Flynn. We all know Mike Flynn. He was the guy who they went after because uh, right. he was too smart and uh, too aggressive, and too he knew the uh, moves of the deep state, and they wanted him in jail, and they almost got their wish. But uh, Mike Flynn was on Steve Bannon's show. And Mike Flynn was talking about, now you heard what Admiral Bauer said from NATO. He was like almost salivating at the idea, ooh, we're going to fight the Russians. Now we're going to listen to a guy who really knew, knows how to fight a war, a lieutenant general who has been in the trenches. Mike Flynn talk about how close we are and where we're going thanks to Biden. We just left Afghanistan, and there is a there are killing fields going on in Afghanistan today. And we, most Americans don't even know that we're still sending taxpayer dollars now to the Taliban to help them. So it's just it's insane. This is absolutely insane. We spent 20 years in Afghanistan. So let's fast forward to Ukraine. We are about to enter a war, and I still haven't heard this administration even talk about any vital national security objectives. I don't know what our objectives are. We are going to enter, we're going to creep into this war like we've crept into other wars like Vietnam, like Afghanistan, like Iraq, and we are going to turn, this is going to be turned into an absolute disaster. I mean, you can't send the kinds of weapon systems that we're sending to uh, Ukraine without putting boots on the ground. And this is just this is just more of the same. I mean, the the, the 110 billion dollars with a B that we are giving to uh, Zelensky over in Ukraine is just outrageous. I mean, if you took 100 billion dollars and divided it by the 435 congressional districts in this country, that's 200 million dollars per congressional district. I bet a lot of your listeners don't don't realize that kind of a stat. And that kind of money could be flowing into this country instead of going over to Ukraine and into somebody's pocket. This is bad, Steve, for America. This is bad for the world. We are about to enter potentially World War III. And the the, uh, talk of nuclear weapons is absolutely outrageous. It is definitely on the table because we're hearing it from both sides, particularly out of our own uh, the current president occupying the White House, talking about the use of nuclear weapons. I mean, this is bad. This is, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I do, I do want to leave you with that. Our men and women serving in the military, they deserve 
just they deserve the best leadership that we can provide them and particularly on the political level and i just don't see that happening and that includes both parties there are there are both parties and we have a lot of republican senators that voted for this uh, this bill going into this money going into Ukraine, and you've got uh, senators like Senator Lindsey Graham that are pushing tanks, our best tanks. You can't just send a tank in there without training them, without ma- you know managing all that. So this is this tell is what, crazy I t- stuff. I t- I t- Mike, if you if you have a second, if General Flynn, you have a second, let's play Tom Cotton. To that point, I guess Steve Cortez, General Flynn, let's play Tom Cotton on Fox News. Your response to the administration really defending this decision to continue to send in massive amounts of of aid to Ukraine. Sandra, it's a welcome decision that President Biden and Germany have decided to finally provide these tanks to Ukraine, but it's long overdue. It also continues a pattern since before the war started of President Biden being scared of his own shadow, of declining the military support that the Ukrainian army needs, first to deter the war from starting in the first place, and then second to defend Ukrainian territory and to fight back against Russia's unprovoked war of aggression. And it's really an admission of their own mistakes, not providing these tanks months ago, as you've seen time and time again for the last year, when the administration explains that some kind of weapon system or a certain kind of intelligence would be dangerously escalatory or provocative, only to provide it months later, too late for it to have been used to stop further advances or to facilitate further Ukrainian advances. So what we need to do to end this war, to stop it from being any more protracted or bloodier, is to back Ukraine's army to the hilt so they can defend their own territory territory. And Senator, it's Trace Gallagher, just to to kind of elaborate on your point there, what's happening in the briefing, and you may have heard this, the question was asked, well, what's next? What about fourth generation fighter jets? And he said, well, I'm not going to comment on that, meaning it it appears that everything is on the table. And as you say, it was not to, we're not talking about that 11 months ago. And now suddenly we're talking about the possibility of more equipment going over there. Yeah, and Trace, in some ways, this goes back to the Obama-Biden era as well. You know, back in 2014, when Russia first invaded Ukraine, Ukraine pleaded for anti-tank missile systems known as javelins, and President Obama refused to give them. We started giving those under President Trump, thankfully, that helped fend off the initial attack on, on Kyiv. And then continually over the last year, that things have been ruled off the table and then put back on the table. As you speak about jets, if you recall last February, the Secretary of State said that Poland could provide jets to Ukraine. Then immediately, President Biden and intervene and said, no, that would be dangerously escalatory. Let me show you what the scam, the scam is. This is yesterday's Financial Times. Lockheed ramps up F-16 production as Ukraine allies debate sending jets without a purchase order. They're already ramping up the F-16 production. Already ramping it up. They know they're going to get this. This is, as Mike Flynn says, this is going to lead you to a ground war in Europe, a massive ground war, because we're telling the Ukrainians we want them to pivot away from defending Bakhmut and these other cities in the east in the siege warfare. We're going to give them tanks. Uh, we're going to give them uh, combat uh, aircraft. We're going to give them missiles, all that. And we want them to pivot to maneuver combined arms, maneuver warfare to wait for it, retake Crimea. This is what Austin and Millie, and, and, and by the way, it's a thing in Politico. I've got it up on Getter right now. The Taiwanese are concerned because the production so far back on the M1A1 tanks that the Taiwanese who we have orders for think that the Ukrainian tank, they may take the Taiwanese tanks and send them to Ukraine. General Flynn, uh, we got about a minute, sir. Your assessment of, uh, uh, you know, the, the book on World War I was called The Sleepwalkers. Are we sleepwalking into World War III, sir? Yeah, so the answer to that is yes. I appreciate Tom Cotton's service to our military. So, you know, we have, people don't know this, but the depletion of our Javelin weapon system for our own forces, for our own capabilities, and for our own military is, is, at, a, is at a terrible rate right now. So, you know, when we talk about giving them tanks, jets, missiles, we've already given them missiles. The next thing, what, is going to be sending the 82nd Airborne Division, the 1st Cav, I mean, the, the Marine Corps. I mean, what is going to happen next? Tom Cotton, like many of the senators who are pushing for this thing, and on the Republican side, they, they have forgotten what we just did in Afghanistan, which was a complete and utter disaster. We surrendered to the Taliban. And we left our own, we left people behind enemy lines to fend for themselves. And we're about to go into Ukraine against a formidable foe in Russia. 
and and uh, so yeah. See, this is not good. We are leading ourselves into World War Three. We are bed, be, being led to World War Three. Wow. And you know, I like Tom Cotton. I like Tom Cotton. He's normally the kind of guy I point to and say he's right. But in this case, Tom Cotton couldn't be more wrong. He's enthusiastically supporting all of these tanks going and, and all of these weapons. Give them anything they need to win the war. You know, the one thing that they're not talking about, they, they talk about, well, we're going to do the F-16 Fighter Falcon. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a fourth-generation jet. All right. Now, that, that compares to, what, maybe the MiG-3, you know, their interceptors. But, you know, every jet has sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever you want to call them. Uh, let's just say Russia goes, oh, hell with that. We'll send the MiG-35 out. Well, then what are we going to do? You know, well, you know, up and down the scale, we'll talk about maybe the F-18 Hornet, maybe the uh, Super Hornet. For anybody the- who experienced uh, the Vietnam War, who grew up in that era, it's the same kind of thing. We started out being advisors. Eisenhower sent advisors over to help the South Vietnamese. And then before you know it, we sent a couple of uh, battalions over. And before you know it, we had uh, divisions. We had we had our army committed to that damn war. Same thing's yeah. going to happen in the Ukraine. Well, they're already getting ready. I guess they're already shipping, and and, uh, they've ramped up the production of the F-16. We can still make those jets. Right. But uh, I'm sitting there going, we weren't going to do tanks. And now we're giving them, what are our best tanks? Yeah, M1 Abrams. Did you hear what uh, he said about Taiwan? We've already committed to selling some of our M1 Abrams tanks to the Taiwanese. Why don't we just give it away? Let's give all our stuff away. But they've been... They've been waiting for it. Maybe they're purchasing it. I'm not. I'm sorry. Maybe Taiwan is buying the M1 Abrams as mm-hmm. opposed to being given. So they've been waiting in line as these tanks are being built. And now the Taiwanese are saying, wait a second. We're on the verge of going to war with the Chinese right across the water here. We're waiting for those weapons that we need and we're, we're I think they paid for. And there's a possibility now that you may be sending our tanks that we've been waiting for to the Ukraine first. And we'll still have to wait some you know, longer. I mean, they don't have very much time. I was reading an article that somebody said that they expect that by 2024, uh, the Chinese will be at war with uh, the Taiwanese. Yeah, they will. And we're not going to back them like we say we will. You know, we're going to let them have it because, well, yeah, they're going to have it. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at the Biden and where he gets his money from. He knows who butters his bread. China, China. You know, you blamed everything on uh, uh, Trump on uh, Russia, 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 China, China, China. No, actually, the guy that's doing all the yelling and screaming is the guy that's making all the money with all the stupid documents that incriminate him. So Joe we, Biden. we have a situation where literally we are just a, uh, a hair's breadth away from going to war with Russia. I mean, it's that close. And we're being intentionally distracted by our government and our media. Don't you mm-hmm. think, Bill? Oh, I think so, too. And, you know, the media loves to call people names. You know, any kind of name that they want. Well, let's take the golden child, Zelensky. He's the golden boy, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's getting everything he wants. And now that he's getting tanks and he's even gotten more money on top of the more money on top of the more money we say. Right. Well, now he's going, well, you know, I need submarines. I need jets. <laughs> well, he did I need yeah. missiles. Yeah, he's That makes Zelensky a megalomaniac. So there you go. He's never satisfied. We send him several billion, he needs billions more. He's a megalomaniac. maniac. Let's ABC, NBC, CBS, megalomaniac, Zelensky. Was he any Time Magazine Man of the Year, Zelensky, I believe? I mean, we have made this guy into be into being some kind of patriotic hero, and I think he's uh, a, a dictator. This is going to come back to bite us in the derriere, folks. Trust me, this is not a, a good situation. We don't belong there, okay? No, we It's don't. as simple as that. We have so many problems in our country. We have to deal with what's happening on our border. 
with the drug situation. You talked a little while ago. You, you gave me a statistic before we started the show that made my eyes cross about about pedophilia. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I dug that, that up because over the weekend, somebody was touting, you know, Joe Biden, he is the best president that we've had in modern history. Yeah. He's the greatest president ever. And I'm sitting here going, He's the greatest president. Well, you got more money in your pocket. Well, if you consider that he gave away the strategic oil reserve, and I got something on that uh, since this morning. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if if you're better off today financially than you were two years ago, all right, then maybe he's the best guy. But I don't think you are. If your gas is cheaper where you live in your own little world, Maybe you're better off, but I know the sure as hell, it's not cheaper. Oh, you got an electric car. Yeah, that's a great, that that's the salvation for everything. Do you know it's more expensive to fuel an, an electric car than, than a gas car? Mm -hmm. And it's not as clean as what you think it is. The list goes on and on. You look at the border crisis. Well, we need people to come in. We need them for our labor shortage. We don't have the labor shortage that that you're trying to hang this on. As a matter of fact, what's coming across are, are drug dealers, criminals, but a lot of children. And we worry about the children. Oh, and drugs, drugs. We were, we were probably the safest, most secure border under Trump, and the drug trafficking had gone down, hit an all-time low in America. But, you know, now Joe brought it back, and it's bigger than it's ever been. But there are three nations in the world that are number one in child sex trafficking. Now, the first two, I don't recall who they were, but number three, fighting to be number two, a strong number, you know, and we're a strong number three, mm -hmm. almost number two, is the United States. Well, we're a big country. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it just goes with the territory. Well, here's something else to that territory. The number one importer of child children for sex trafficking is the United States. Oh, my God. That is such a a, a sickening uh, statistic to think this great country can be uh, in, in such a, a sorry state right now because of this administration. I'll bet you that statistic is the result of lack of security on our southern border. Well, that's a possibility. It could be. Now, you, you've heard the stories of the buses of children that have come across the border. Here are these families that are in destitute situations, and they're promised different things in the American dream, which they get here and they don't get, but they get to flood across the border and bring your children. We'll protect them. Yeah. We load them on buses and send them off to God knows where. Right. Well, 71% of Americans say the country is on the wrong track, according to uh, the brand new NBC poll. Uh, NBC, yeah, NBC. They wow. they're not big fans, by the way, of uh, of Donald Trump or the right. So if they're saying that this many people think we're going in the wrong direction, they're doing it begrudgingly. Seventy one percent of the Americans say we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, I believe that uh, we've been headed in the wrong direction since Joe got in and we had that Democratic Congress in control. Well, There's, I agree, but uh, uh, at least what that says to me is that finally the masses on a whole are starting to uh, admit that they've made a mistake. Have you ever been to uh, out camping and you got that little fire going there and towards the end of the night, you're not ready to go in and call it a night, but the fire is getting down to the embers and you take the pole and you stoke up those embers to get that flame going again? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel that's what's going on with the news right now. You know, they're stoking the coals for all these stupid stories just to keep their little fire glowing. Um, we've got some problems out there. The war in the Ukraine is a biggie. What's going on with Biden and his administration? All oh, of the strategic oil supply. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, we have like, we had like 683 million barrels. And we've sold off uh, more than half of that or sure. close to half of that. And it, it's drained. And and Joe's promise was, well, we're going to buy it back cheaper. You know, well, number one, let's, let's look at why he did this. He created the oil crisis. He created sure. it 
from, when he from took day office. one. From day and then, one. Yeah, and then he was sitting there going, oh, crap. We got the midterms coming up. We got to lower these gas prices. Well, we can blame it all on Trump, you know, that the gas prices going up. It was just a you know, false number. It, was, it, was a, it wasn't real. And then we can sell off the strategic supply, and we'll buy it back cheaper. And he did that to pay for the win of uh, – he bought that election with black gold, oil. Mm-hmm. So he did that. And then just last week, we I'm, I apologize, we, we gave some false news last week based on what the White House said. They're buying back that oil. They bought back uh, 3%. Actually, they only were going to buy back 1% of the oil. But what they found out is the numbers that they gave mm-hmm. were wrong, and they couldn't get it cheaper, and they had it out for bid. So quietly, even though they released the story, we're buying back the oil. Mm-hmm. They put it on the shelf. We haven't bought back squat, and we were only going to buy back 1%. So he freaking lied to cover up his own mess to help his party stay in control, which they didn't stay in control. But can you imagine had, you know, he not done this big lie, how bad the Democrats would have lost? Because we were sitting there using the strategic supply to sit there and give the illusion under a Biden lie. I, I'm still of the belief that they own the corrupt system of tabulating the ballots. And as, oh, long, yeah, as, long, as, as long as you can cheat at, at that end, the, nothing really makes any difference. I, I see, uh, for example, I, on Saturday up in the Boston area, up in New Hampshire, President Trump was speaking at a, at a bref- breakfast day. I guess it was the New Hampshire Republican uh, party breakfast, and uh, they were announcing a new head of the Republican Party for the, that state. And mm-hmm. he did a great job. It was a terrific speech. But he's talking about how things are going to be different in 2024 and how we're going to win in 2024. And I'm thinking, does he really think that he's going to win in 2024? Does he really think it's going to happen? Because because if they cheated in 2020 and in 2022, what makes you think you can stop them from cheating even better in 2024? Oh, I think he knows they're going to cheat. You got to you got to sit there and just to be crude, you got to this guy has got a brass set because look at how bad they've hit him and how hard they've hit him. It's all been crap right. and they're still taking the same lie over and over and over again. The Russia gate Oh, thing. I know. They won't but give they up want- on that no matter how much proof they have that it's a lie. They still throw it out there. They they keep doing it because they figure if they tell that lie enough, even though it's been proven a lie, yep. it'll sink into people. And it will because people sit there and they go to the NBCs, the, uh, the CNNs, and the ABCs and CBS. Get all the crap together because they're all pieces of crap. Right. And we believe that, you know. Sure. Oh, they say it's bad. Uh, it's Trump, Trump, Trump bad. And that's what people believe. They're selling. That being said, and I agree with what you're saying, when I see that statistic from NBC that I said a second ago, where 71% of the country think we're going in the wrong direction, that does give me hope. That does give it maybe, gives you hope. But maybe they are waking up. Maybe the masses who have been watching all of their uh, fantasy football games and things like that and playing video games, maybe they're starting to open their eyes a bit and see what the heck is going on. The fact that they're missing some of their favorite foods on the shelves in the stores. Oh, oh it's going to get worse. Oh, the hey, food thing is you hear going about the, to did, get Did worse. you hear about the chicken farm in Connecticut? No, but I'm oh, going to hear oh, about it right now. This is amazing. This is a big story. I mean, this is another. We talked about all these different fires and all these different food processing plants. This was in Connecticut uh, this past week. I, it's called Hillendale Farms. Uh, wow. Big, big, big egg They're farm. All over. Big, big yeah. egg farm. But this is a massive egg farm destroyed by a fire. Don't know what happened. The egg farm went up in smoke. Now, when we say a lot of processing plants have gone by the wayside, we talked about this issue six months ago in our program. We talked about uh, over 100 processing plants in the country and even more around mm-hmm. the world, have been destroyed 
and no one talks about it. It's like, oh, no big deal. In the meantime, by the way, uh, Bill Gates, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, invested uh, millions of dollars into artificial eggs. I'm just saying, I, I don't know whether there's a connection there, but Bill Gates is a big investor in a company that has developed artificial eggs. You know, Bill Gates is the number one investor in another thing that we talked about last week. We've What's talked that? about AI. Yeah. And we've talked about that they say that AI will reach human singularity within seven years. What that means is it will match the human being condition and will surpass it. And right, right now, you can go to ChatGBT. Okay. And it's, it's a Twitter box. And it has artificial intelligence. You can ask it a question, and it will go ahead and pose an answer for you and give you the answer that you need. Now, some of it's left-leaning because it's a left person that probably wrote the original thing, but it does that. So I asked it a question. The question was, with that being said, and AI surpasses human singularity, is there a need for humans after that? And it could not answer that question. Or not, could what was not. that called? It didn't answer the question. Chat GB? Yeah, it's chat. C-H-A-T-G-B-T. Okay. So, watch this. Alexa, can you think? I think about all kinds of things. That is artificial intelligence less than three feet away from where I'm sitting. Oh, yeah. And it's hooked into probably something more intelligent, but... I guess the point I'm trying to make is, are we at that state to where the oligarchs, the people that want to cut down the population, we are going to be at that point? But did you hear the question I asked was, do you think? Yes. And she gave a response. I asked that question by, I asked a question similar to that last night. And she gave me a much more detailed response and that's what I was hoping to get for that uh, little snippet, but that'll do. And uh, you get the point. The point is that AI is within arm's uh, reach right now. And you talked about singularity and being at a point where it starts to think faster than we think. The number one investor is Bill Gates. He's the one that is backing all of that. What does he stand to gain out of that? Well, he stays rich. He gets all of his needs serviced and his rich buddies, too. You and me are, you know, you've got a great factory gig. Well, factory gigs have been going away, replaced mm -hmm. by automation. Well, now you'll have automation that is smart and knows how to think ahead and repair itself and do whatever it needs to do. So we don't need a laborer anymore. Well, do you need management? No, because the AI can outthink you. The guy is working on products, Bill Gates, uh, meatless meat, eggless eggs. Uh, he's working on uh, making it so that cows don't don't uh, pass methane gas. By he's working on dietetic uh, dietary supplements. The guy is is thinking around all these different corners, and they're all going to have a direct effect on you. And you know when you mess around with with things like eggs and meat, maybe initially it tastes pretty good and it's great, but there might be a long-term negative effect down the road by eating this stuff. We don't know. We don't know. It's we, funny. Yeah, I only, I only mention that because he's big on the the vaccines, and now they're saying all these negative things about vaccines. Yeah, and you're being told about being a vegan and eating meatless meat, all a great thing. All right, and, and the, I bright, bring this up because, you know, when I went on, like, at the store and, you know, I was walking down an aisle, these two guys were having a debate about steak. Mm -hmm. And then they, they wanted to go to the uh, the impossible, what is it, right. the, the impossible he, Whopper, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they go, oh, I haven't tried it. And I walked by, have you tried it? And I said, yeah, actually I did. It's not bad, but I'm sitting there going, it's not great. And they're going, well, what do you mean? I'm sitting there going, well, aside from what it tastes like, let's just get to the raw facts. You know, we got canine teeth. We were made and born to eat meat. That's who we are. That's what we are. We're meat eaters. Mm -hmm. So let's not get around that. But let's say that you decide to go vegetarian. 
A vegetarian has to take protein and nutrient supplements. They have to take that because just eating the vegan diet alone, they get very sick and they cannot survive mm-hmm. without that, that protein and whatnot. So what, you're going to, you know, uh, eat grass and uh, take a pill? What's the difference between meatless meat and veggie burgers that have been around for years? Do you meatless know? Meatless meat. Yeah. Well, veggie oh, burgers, I mean, look, you can get... Veggie burgers are made with vegetables. And the, I guess the difference is yeah, that... Gabonzo beans and seasonings and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, but I think can... they also have... I think they have a cheese in it as a something that keeps it together. Maybe they figure that's not a total vegetarian thing if it has cheese in it. It's a dairy product. No, it's know? a dairy product. No, you have to make it with gabonzo beans and all that other stuff. And pretty soon, you know, yeah, you got something that looks like a burger, you know, and you put all the uh, the seasonings in it. You know, feels like a burger, tastes like a burger, and maybe it's got some soy product. Now, who knows? But either way, it is not meat. It is not natural. It is not... It's like trying to take an It's an not engine. as tasty. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not as, as tasty. tasty. You know, this yeah. guy can't leave well enough alone. I'm talking about Gates. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get to a point when you're so damn wealthy, you have too much time in your hands, when you can't possibly lose because you have so much money, even when you lose, you win financially. I mean, he's at that point. He just has too much money and too much time. And now he's trying to change the world. He's trying to change your world. He's one of the guys, by the way, who thinks that we have to cut back on the world's population. We talked about this. He wants, ideally, a world that has 500 million people in it. 500 million people. We have 300 million people, 330 million people in the U.S. right now. He wants 500 million for the whole damn world. They're going by statistics that were created back in the 70s. And maybe they're right, maybe they're not. But they're saying that we surpassed in 1979 the population point where the world produces enough food to feed the population. You know, but they'll show you the the videos of the starving people, you know, somewhere, you know, and the kids with the bloated bellies. We're at a point in life to where we can take care of our own on the planet. There's so much waste. We don't have a government that does that. We don't have a government that that focuses its major attention on making us a better country. We're too busy interfering all around the world, the Ukraine, Taiwan, the Middle East, uh, Southeast Asia. I mean, we're everywhere throwing our two cents in and actually our... $2 $2 trillion in, if not two cents. But we've got to come back and fix our own backyard first. We've got to come back and make our country better. And we're not doing that with these guys. Look, we've left so many people in society behind. You know, you look at all the homeless people out there, Absolutely. the people that are intense. You know, they're, they're not trained for the, you know, the modern day yep. uh, to survive or whatever. Uh, we've left them behind, but you know we can spend two trillion dollars to help megalomaniac uh, yeah. Zelensky. How about if we uh, took that war that we engineered? We took all that money and focused in, and we we made the world a better place for the homeless. I mean, take the homeless and make them healthier, give them a good environment, give them some hope. Okay, we're not doing that. It, How about is, a veteran. What about veterans? Oh, a lot of the homeless are veterans too. That's another thing we should point out. Uh, yeah. And you know what? If if a, if a person's gone and served, you know we're we're so much giving away money that we have, uh, that we print, you know, to other foreign nations to fight yeah. in the war that we created. By the way, and I look at the veteran that served for this nation because he believed in the principles of what our founding fathers set forth. Yeah, and he might have got a leg blown off, you know, or something something happened. If anything, he's come back with post-traumatic syndrome. But either way, he suffered. Why can't we sit there and say, you know what? You know, we're not going to give you, um, you know, a $500,000 home, but we're going to give you a $100,000 home. Oh, you already bought a home? We'll pay you back to that that amount because that is a perk, a benefit that you should get for serving the country. We all look at, uh, you know, tunnels to towers, which are 
terrific organization and yeah. w- wounded warriors, all these organizations doing all these good things, uh, but they're charities essentially. Why doesn't our government do that? Why doesn't well, that's just it? Yeah. Why doesn't our government do what they're doing? Why do we have to rely on private organizations? Why we're giving all this money away so we can blow people apart in other countries? Mm-hmm. Why not put people back together in ours? Well, you know, we will we'll throw it to the church and go, well, am I not my brother's keeper? Well, yeah. Uh, but you know what? We voted for you. Are you not your brother's keeper? You know, yeah. you're an elected official, and they're one of the people that, that, that possibly voted for you. You're not going to help them? We talked about distractions earlier on in the program. And one of the other distractions that we were hit with this weekend was that terrible uh, shooting, not shooting, I'm sorry, terrible, brutal, brutal beating of uh, that young man in Memphis. Uh, and they showed the video. They released the video on Friday. But the incident happened on January 7th. And you got to ask yourself, why so long? Why did you wait all three weeks to release the video? It's, it almost seemed like it was timed to be released at a certain time so that all of these uh, riots and all these different cities could be uh, staged and ready to go. You know, I, I got to admit, you look at the video and you go, oh, my God, how, how could that happen? It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And But then again, too, a couple of things happen. When you release a video like that, you got to look at the validity of the video. Well, there it is right there for you. But you need somebody, it's it's like watching a, a ghost video that you might see on YouTube, and you got to get somebody to analyze that video for edits and whatnot, to sit there oh, and I say, know. Is, it, is it real or is it, you know, memorized? Hey, the same thing was uh, with the Pelosi video. You see yeah. that over the weekend? Yeah. The Pelosi yeah, you, video. You question why the police didn't engage, but then who opened the door? It just kind of... It opens by itself. Yeah. You... Pelosi has in his left hand a drink. In his right hand, he's holding the hammer that is being held by two hands. By was the he paper. laughing or something like you know? Well, it, yeah, he didn't. It was yeah. kind of a. It was there was no urgency to it. Um, and the cops say casually, "Put the hammer down," and the kid says, "I don't think so," or something like that. De pape. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were standing with a hammer in your hand and the and your the, the homeowner is right next to you trying to stop you from using that hammer. They wouldn't ask you politely to put the hammer down. They'd be all over you or well, they would have shot you. Let's back this whole scenario up. Who is the third most powerful person in our, in our nation or the was speaker it the of the house? Nancy. Pelosi. All right. So that would be her. And so her, her residence where her husband is, should be secured by the United States government because everyone's a target, right? Absolutely, 24-7, Bill. So where was the police? Where were the guard, the government guards at the time? How did this hey, guy get in there? They can't say that they didn't know the guys were there because they had video They have video footage of the guy breaking the window in the back of the house. So nothing happened, nothing, nothing transpired. And, you know, uh, it almost sounded and looked like bad acting. It did. Um, you know, you're, you're exactly right. There was a half hour, by the way, between the time that he broke the glass in the back of the house, the pape, and uh, he got into the house and the police arriving. Half an hour. Okay. How long does a perp, when they break into a house, take? Do they wait? Well, I got to wait for the Are cops you kidding? to get here. In and out. In and out. And you know what? You can sit there and have a situation where somebody breaks in. They, you know, they rape, they strangle, they mutilate, and they steal whatever they want to steal, and they're they're there, do their deed, and they're gone. Now the other that thing I happen here is about that video. You have to. Uh, this is the Hollywood guy, the screenwriter in me. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. looking at the shot through the doorway from the body cam of the cop, and you see DePape center center screen, and you see to the, just to the right of him. You see Pelosi, and Pelosi, like I said, has his right hand on the hammer, and his left hand is still holding the drink. And um, w- instead of coming to the cops, I'm talking about Pelosi, coming right, to, his, to his rescuers, he moves screen right, He go- and he steps out of the view of the camera. He steps out of the shot, essentially. And then you see DePape swing the hammer. 
So your mind puts two and two together. Uh, the guy went your this mind way. Completes the shot. Exactly. Did you see the hammer hit. No. Pelosi. No. Did you see blood on the ground? No. The, no. When they walked in with the body cams, did they see him on the floor? Listen, folks. We're not saying he didn't get hit with a hammer. It's no. just something to think about because they have staged things in the past. Everything that we see is not one hundred percent factual. We'd like to one think it is. One thing I can tell you. When you release a video like that, it is there for one reason and one reason only from the news media. Sure. It is to provoke thought and attention, and it's to get ratings. It is news sensationalism. Now, in a trial situation, if you were to sit there and look at this, you don't want a tainted jury. But no, this is not that situation. They want to throw it out there. They want you to sit there and get. They want. They want the reaction that the public is giving them right now. Sure. They talked about. If you watch CNN over the weekend, you would have thought that they were, they were releasing a new movie and it was a premiere. They talked with it with excitement. By the way, they made it a racial thing, and there wasn't a white person in this shot. In this, uh, I'm talking now about the Memphis. Attack, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. The five cops—they were all black cops. You know, and again, we don't see the whole story there, but we see enough to sit there and let our mind kind of complete the story. And oh, we're reacting. You never and see I don't the know you, that we you, should. you never see the cops. The only time oh. you see the cops is from a shot across the street, about a hundred yards away, and it's nighttime, and you never get any. Uh, any close-ups close could have been anybody. Nothing. Could have been, could have been anybody, Bill. Anybody. You know, they're talking about, well, this is all systemic racism. Wait a minute. We're talking about a black victim, black cops. Where's the white guy? There isn't any. None. Oh, okay. So, okay. Now it is systemic blue. So this is about replacing the blue. What are you going to replace it with? What kind of law and order? And it's funny Why you should you ask. want to get rid of that? It's funny you should mention that because on cue... Michelle and Barack Obama came out and made comments about how how there have to be changes to the uh, police forces and how they're they're structured. There have to be changes. And I'm thinking, wait a second, hold it. Do you realize that the Memphis police force right now is suffering from your initial phase of uh, of, of police uh, changes? You're saying, what are you talking about, Jim? I'll tell you, when they had the uh, the the George Floyd incident and and mm -hmm. and everything was blue rage and they didn't like the, you know uh, they were talking about defunding police and things like that. Well, a lot of cops retired from Memphis. A lot of the cops retired, and yeah. they had a hard time getting guys to replace them because who the heck wanted to become a policeman in that environment? So what they did is they lowered their standards. They lowered their standards to hire guys who were less qualified. And what you have. In that uh, incident in Memphis on, by the way, it was January 7th that the incident took place, and they released it on uh, January 28th, the video. So, I mean, three weeks it sat there, and you didn't even know about this thing, and all of a sudden it became uh, top of the banner news. So we have less qualified police driving the streets right now because of the lefts complaining. You know, I heard somebody comment over the weekend, and they sat there and they said, you know, this proves one thing. Yeah, you're right. It, it's not a it's not a white on black thing. It's black and black here. So, but it gets down to, you know, anybody that wants to be a cop these days, you know, yeah, even back in the past, they got to be nuts in the head. They got to be some kind of deranged. Yeah. Only deranged people want to be cops. And I'm sitting there going, so it's a full out assault on the uh, the person, mm -hmm. and uh, that it decides to become a cop. Yeah, and doesn't matter whether you're white, black, uh, Chinese, or what. You're just an idiot. Yeah. So that's what they're saying about you. <laughs> so what are we going to do? Oh wait, we need a new type of order. We need a new world order. So you say we have our own. You say you want to be a police officer, and it used to be a dignified, well-respected uh, profession. Law enforcement. Oh my gosh, your father's a policeman. Oh wow, that was a pretty impressive thing. But now they've made it so you want to be a police officer. Oh, what are you? What are you nuts? I mean, they've you diminished. Be, Marco and Caboso, yeah, yeah. They've, they've, they've diminished it. 
And, and yeah, now they have because they want to dismantle it and, and destroy it. And that clown Obama and his wife get out there and they ride the opportunity. You know, it, it was it was an opportunity to uh, to throw another wrench into the machinery. But you look at uh, like look, I was watching. Uh, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I did over the weekend. And I watched news like in Boston, you know, they were talking about the Chinese parade and I'm watching that. Right. And all the players, the, the, the police chief, the, you know, and the police commissioner and all the, uh, the underling police officers and the mayor, nobody, there wasn't a white person in the bunch. And I'm not, we don't even have a to- token white person anymore. I mean, you know, we're no longer the, the vast majority of people. Well, we're mm-hmm. still at the 50% mark, but no, there's not you know, even but, one. But like everything the left does, right, they overdo mm-hmm. it. They always yeah, they overdo do. it. If if you have to hire uh, some minorities, you hire everyone as a minority. And, you you, you know, everything's off balance. That Listen, because, we look, are a melting pot of people in this country. Right. We are a country made of whites, blacks, every every kind of nationality. And we should have a police force that represents the entire country. We shouldn't have too much of anything. Too many whites, too many blacks, too many Asians. I mean, it should be a representative police force. And we don't have those things now. Yeah, and but what we're being sold in commercials and everything is entirely different. They take... They take somebody and they say, well, you know, let's push your culture. Sure. You know, and they're doing that in, in entitling you, but they're doing that to divide us. And if you don't see that, you know, oh, then Bill, open your eyes. That's, because a, that's a topic for another program because we really... We've run out of time. Yeah, we've run out of time. But boy, that is that is so true about how the media is uh, a co-conspirator in this yeah. whole process. Here's what I ask you to do is don't take anything on face value. If you hear about something happening, a crisis situation happening, really examine it for yourself. Look, Don't just take the, uh, the news media's uh, story, because many times it's not the truth. I could make the world a safe, uh, safer and better place right now. Mm-hmm. First move is impeach Biden right away. Take him, lock right. him up, because he committed treason. And go ahead and take his girlfriend with him, uh, Kamala. Uh-huh. She's not doing it. She's got impeachable offenses, too. Let's put in some kind of government until we can elect a new government. Let's do that. And then let's go ahead and defund the Ukraine. Say, you know what? This is over. We are out. Cancel the tanks. Cancel it all. Yes, I agree. And we would be a better place. Yes, Bill. And also, also uh, tighten up the border. The security on the border, and well, uh, that goes with it too. We did that in two minutes. In yeah, two we minutes, we figured out how to fix the problem. <laughs> and when you tighten that border too, yes. and uh, you know these snuff films that are apparently we are the number one place for snuff films. We import uh, children for trafficking. We're number one. Let's take that to the bottom of the list. Let's go way down to the bottom to where. We either end it all or get it so low that it's an insignificant number. And let's get us out of the top three of uh, sex trafficking for children altogether. And you and, know what? And speaking start... and speaking of snuff, we've had we've, we've talked enough for today. Snuff to show <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, if you want to call us, our number is eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Uh, you can leave a message uh, and make a comment or a suggestion, or if you want to advertise, you can even tell us you want to advertise. We'll get back to you, too. We also have an email address. Yeah, it's mail at itsanotherday.com. Now, we also have our little stream that we got going on, crnamerica.com. Either way, you can get in touch with us. So mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at crnamerica.com. Uh, or carrier pigeon. Hey, have a great day, <laughs> buddy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya. <laughs>
from acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?